Welcome to the Get Over Yourself podcast. This is author and athlete Brad Kearns discovering ways to be healthy, fit, and happy in hectic, high-stress modern life. So let's slow down and take a deep breath, take a cold plunge, and expertly balance that competitive intensity with an appreciation of the journey. That's the theme of the show. Here we go. Want to go to the movies tonight? (laughs) Want to go on a hike? So what? Time to move on. But if the parent is showing signs of devastation and all that kind of thing, wow, that is going to have a potentially adverse psychological impact on the poor kid. Remember, we talked about uh, being a show pony in the first show where you're telling your kid his whole life, I'm so proud of you. You did such a great job in the play. I'm so proud of you. You qualified for the state finals. That's a lot of pressure, man. And there's a lot of ways to diffuse that pressure. And one of them is to engage in dopamine triggering behaviors and not take on life like you could. Okay, in summary, first and foremost, get over yourself. You have less influence on your kid's success and life path than you realize. There are many innate influences and many peer influences that take over for parental influence. Dr. Lustig conveying the frightful insight that there's a trend among modern young males to become addicted to porn and video games because they get this incredible instant payoff. The video game is all about mastering one's environment and in the multiplayer online game uh, about winning, about uh, achieving uh, instant success, killing all the people and being the last survivor. And of course, the porn is the way to hijack one of the most profound dopamine pathways for sexual pleasure. This is Brad. I want to tell you about my life-changing acquisition of a personal home-use sauna. I have a 6 by 6 barrel sauna in my backyard, ready-made heat therapy, a fabulous unit from Almost Heaven. Check out their website. You can very affordably order your own sauna for installation in your backyard or garage and have a sauna experience, the fabulous health benefits accruing from exposure to hot temperatures. Get that sweat going. These are beautiful, traditional dry barrel saunas where you splash the water on the rocks, go in there and relax. It's become a social centerpiece at my home. People traveling from far and wide to come check out the barrel sauna, turn the dial or set the timer and walk in to 200 degrees in the Caribbean seas. For some reason, people like to come to the sauna more than my cold tub. Go figure. Check out almostheaven.com and their beautiful natural wood designs. And pretty soon, surprisingly affordable, you will be in the home sauna business. Here we go, people. They like it's your birthday. Hey, it's surprising parenting tips part two. Starting with, don't let your kids listen to hip hop. It has bad words in it. Oh yeah, that'll keep them clean and protected from the bad influences of modern life, won't it? Or is it just art to appreciate? I don't know. It's up to you. Actually, it's up to your kid. Where did we leave off with that wonderful part one talking about the inverse power of praise? Ah, yes, I was going on about the basketball experience of my son, my reference points. So picking that up, 
uh, and talking about uh, redirecting the uh, praise based on effort that's uh, meaningful and productive rather than on results. Uh, I remember a turning point in my son's basketball career. He uh, was playing in the AAU, the tournament uh programs that are really uh, high level on these poor young kids. It's very intense and competitive, but it's kind of the track that uh, you want to choose if you want to excel at the high school level. Uh, and after uh, a summer of uh, just seventh grade, he's still in middle school. He, this kid who loved basketball his whole life uh, decided to quit and he wouldn't say why. He wouldn't go out and shoot, didn't do anything. Uh, for maybe a month of the summer, he just rested after this intense uh, tournament schedule of uh, crazy weekends where you play three or four games and you're in the gym all day long. Uh, finally, he coughed up that he was feeling discouraged. And it was the, uh, the intense feedback, the criticism, and the highly competitive environment that had gotten to him. I mean, just a little kid, sensitive little kid, and was thrown into the wolves, uh, thrown into the fire. So we had a life-changing talk at that time, and I explained. I just came up with this, I guess, uh, out of nowhere. But I said, you know what? You must never, ever get discouraged. You can get a lot of other things. You can get angry, you can get upset, you can get frustrated, uh, you can have all these negative emotions that's going to happen in the athletic arena, but you can't allow yourself to get discouraged and get down on yourself. And I think he took that to heart and understood the distinction from that point on from having a struggle and facing that struggle, leaning into the struggle, as they say, versus uh, getting those self-limiting beliefs and negative self-talk going like, I'll never make it. I don't belong here in law school. I'm not smart enough. Uh, these guys are going to blow me off the court. Whatever uh, those things that we work through in our minds that uh, serve no positive purpose whatsoever, as opposed to, I mentioned this a little bit in the previous show, uh, maybe your kid feels like uh, he or she deserves to be in the starting lineup and they're not. All right, we'll take that energy, take that frustration and go out there and practice more. Dive for loose balls in practice, like I mentioned. So that's a great spot for a parent to step in and say, hey, look, uh, you know, you seem discouraged and that's absolutely unacceptable. It's okay to quit, says Brad Kearns. I don't know about all parents thinking that, but if something's not flowing for you, it's not working. Life's short, man. It's okay. And uh, I'm going to put that out there for parents that think that persevering is the end-all solution to anything. Uh, it's up to the kid, really, to decide whether they want to persevere or whether it's something that's not worth pursuing, that's not giving them uh, the joy and the happiness. And, uh, you know, for my son there, he, he quit or he, he pushed back for a month. But, you know, the deep love of basketball that he had, you knew he was going to continue on. Okay, so... Never, ever get discouraged. That's a big point you can convey to your kid. Uh, and then going back to Carol Dweck's research, uh, you know, what happens? Why does a kid uh, get discouraged? Could it be too much early success and too much praise of that success, too easy of a route, and then all of a sudden you hit a roadblock, uh, namely kids ahead taller than you in the same grade or whatever it is when the, when the going gets tough and the funnel narrows and you don't have the coping skills and so you're going to default over to uh, self-limiting beliefs and discouraging thoughts. Uh, Carol Dweck's research on overpraised kids suggests that image maintenance becomes their primary concern. 
Hmm. And one of the uh, indications of that is uh, tearing others down, engaging in that gossip and that negative social behavior that's so common, especially uh, in females of the school age, adolescent age. Uh, great movie, Eighth Grade. Uh, I think it was nominated for Academy Awards and stuff. It was uh, spoken from the point of view uh, of an eighth grade girl. And she was trying to build her YouTube channel and uh, not getting enough likes, not getting enough views. And you could just feel that pain of the, the desperate need to be popular and how important that is. Possibly a uh, contributory factor uh, of parents praising results and uh, emphasizing the wrong stuff, okay? So that image maintenance, you want to definitely get your kid out of the, any indication that that mode is uh, kicking into gear. Uh, the studies are very alarming, the negative effects of that. So let's go to um, uh, the next topic here in part two, uh, leveraging all the talk we had in part one, and that would be uh, the uh, success attribute of persistence. Uh, we also call this grit, very popular term, and the purveyors on their TED Talks with millions of views, that grit is what it's all about. The ability to repeatedly repeatedly respond to failure uh, with continuing on, exerting more effort instead of giving up. A highly studied trait in psychology, and this is believed to be the number one success factor. It's getting a lot of popularity uh, for good reason, right? Um, now, uh, the author of this article, I'm sorry, I, I don't have the title, just the notes, um, is talking about some research uh, supporting the concept of grit and uh, talking about the work of Dr. Robert Cloninger at Washington University in St. Louis. He's located a circuit in the brain called the orbital and medial prefrontal cortex that monitors the reward center of the brain and intervenes when there's a lack of immediate reward, when there's a lack of a dopamine hit, when it switches on the orbital and medial prefrontal cortex, it tells the rest of the brain to keep going, to persevere, to apply that grit, uh, reminding the, the, the human that there's a dopamine reward around the corner. And this goes back to uh, the uh, show about Dr. Robert Lustig's book, the hacking of the American mind, how we become uh, dopamine addicts uh, and finding all assorted ways to get immediate short-term gratification, pleasure, get that dopamine hit that's so important to human behavior. That's our primary motivational force is that instant gratification. Now, as I talked about in detail on the other show, we've disgracefully abused these dopamine pathways with modern cultural and economic forces uh, trying to pull us into uh, an addictive sort of lifestyle where we're just going hit after hit after hit, whether it's social media, whether it's porn, whether it's addictions to sugar, alcohol, street drugs, prescription drugs. We're all about the hit, the rush, and continuing down that pathway at the expense of things like grit and perseverance and the long-term happiness and fulfillment that these those types of behaviors uh, convey. In other words, exhibiting grit and persistence and perseverance uh, gets you to that point eventually where uh, you persevere through a difficult challenge and you feel good about yourself. You feel happiness, contentment, fulfillment. Um, so the people that have grit and the people that don't, uh, distinct in research, you can identify this. Uh, Dr. Cloninger says um, when he puts people through MRI scans, this uh, trigger happens in certain people regularly, 
and in others, it doesn't light up at all. So the orbital and medial prefrontal cortexes are dulled out, uh, possibly, as Dr. Lustig argues, because the dopamine pathways have become flooded. And when those dopamine pathways become flooded, they downregulate serotonin. Serotonin is the happiness contentment uh, neurotransmitter that comes from uh, persevering through challenge, right? If you're following me, okay. Hey man, how's your sexual function? Oh, uncomfortable talking about it? Look, we talk about our injured knees, our belly fat, so it's time to get focused on function. I want to tell you about Gaines Wave. This is a cutting-edge protocol where a handheld device sends low-intensity shock waves into your penile blood vessels to stimulate a healing response and promote increased blood circulation and the growth of new blood vessels. A skilled practitioner puts the Gaines Wave magic wand onto your magic wand, and after a series of 6 to 12 very brief treatments, which are painless but extremely effective, you get real results. Gaines Wave reports an 80% success rate. Now, we know that popping pills is a popular penile protocol, but when you're working with clogged pipes, you just get a temporary Band-Aid effect when you take prescription drugs. Gaines Wave addresses the cause of age-related decline by stimulating growth factors and activating dormant stem cells. Translation, stronger, harder, more sustainable erections. I learned about Gainsway from my podcast guest, Dr. Judson Brandeis at the Brandeis MD Clinic in Northern California, and there's a robust network of Gainswave providers that you can find on their website near you. Complete a series of treatments, and the beneficial effects will last for a long time, especially if you eat and exercise well to promote overall vascular health. It's a tune-up for your equipment, and while it's great for ED, Gaines Wave is for any man that wants to combat the effects of aging and get a little boost for your A-game. So please visit GainesWave.com slash Brad. That's G-A-I-N-S-W-A-V-E dot com slash B-R-A-D to find a practitioner in your area, and you can take advantage of my special promotion, buy six treatments, and get one free. You have nothing to lose and lots to gain from gainswave.com slash Brad. Okay, so uh, dopamine overdose downregulates serotonin. So your pursuit of instant gratification, your pursuit in this context uh, with the, the parenting discussion, uh, getting praise constantly, 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 and then you don't get it, you fall off the rails. Cloninger's research confirms this. People who get too much praise quit when it gets tough. His quote, the key is intermittent reinforcement. The brain has to learn that frustrating spells can be worked through. A person who grows up getting too frequent rewards will not have persistence because they'll quit when the rewards disappear. <sighs> Okay, so now it's starting to make sense. You know how some people just light it up in life? They just get up off the mat, as Johnny G would say, and keep going no matter what. And then others will struggle through a pattern of one failed career or one failed relationship after another, uh, getting into uh, their stories with their blames and their excuses. Could it be possibly because those dopamine pathways are flooded out and serotonin is uh, suppressed accordingly so that there's no aptitude for perseverance? There's no possibility for grit because uh, I guess you could use the word spoiled when you're talking about uh, parent-child relationships, right? 
Yeah, it's getting pretty scary now, huh, parents? All right, let's continue listening and learning from the experts, huh? Dr. Lustig conveying the frightful insight that there's a trend among modern young males to become addicted to porn and video games because they get this incredible instant payoff. The video game is all about mastering one's environment and in the multiplayer online games uh, about winning, about uh, achieving uh, instant success, killing all the people and being the last survivor. And of course, the porn is the way to hijack one of the most profound dopamine pathways for sexual pleasure. So, so the coming of age male who's optimized with the hormones, the motivation, the physical strength, the drive, the desire, when they're in that prime of life going out there to conquer the world, they can easily get their pleasure, their needs met, their most powerful needs met through these hijacks, these hacks, uh, porn and video games. How did they get that way? Ooh, did the parenting contribute to that? That they're all about praise and instant gratification because that's what they've been socialized to their whole life? That's pretty scary. And if that's not enough motivation to redirect your parenting efforts into uh, meaningful effort-based praise, specific meaningful effort-based praise, rather than uh, emphasis on the results, I don't know what is, man. Here's a pro tip on... Uh, that topic coming from someone who's out of those uh, adolescent uh, heavy parenting years. Maybe you don't have to make your kids shit the end all in your own life and in your family life. Uh, this insight comes from the behaviors of previous generations. Our parents and our grandparents did not live and breathe uh, their children's day-to-day -day efforts. It wasn't such a big-ass deal, right? Um, my parents were wonderfully supportive to my athletic endeavors and all the other things that I pursued in my life. And I remember uh, the great achievement of my high school, crowning achievement of my high school running career was that I qualified for the state finals. Uh, I had an incredible race in the qualifying. I wasn't predicted to make it all the way to the finals. And I did it. And uh, my dad sent a telegram from L.A. It said, congratulations on making the finals. Good luck. And it, uh, it was a wonderful, I have it uh, cut out in the scrapbook. I don't know how he could uh, still figure out a way to send a telegram. That was pretty old school. Uh, but I was thinking of the compare and contrast. Like if my son had qualified for the state finals, I would have jumped on a plane from any spot on the planet Earth and, uh, you know, forded great rivers and climbed snowy mountains uh, to watch him in the crowning achievement of his high school career. But my dad was uh, supporting me in a different way. And he didn't necessarily need to break his back and reschedule his weekend plans uh, just to watch me run four laps around the track. He could hear me relate about it after and continue to be the, uh, the support and the unconditional love that he gave me that made me uh, be the best I could be. Hey, my mom was there. She came up to Sacramento to watch the race with her sister and uh, my surprise qualification for the finals caused her to uh, change her return flight because we were so sure that I wasn't going to make it that I said, yeah, you can go home on, on June 4th, but instead she had to extend her trip. So there you go. <laughs> and this stuff can uh, apply to all manner of goals, uh, big and small. So uh, your wonderful top student kid uh, doesn't get into law school or had a worse score on the MCAT than expected. All right. Okay. Uh, what do you want to have for dinner? Uh, want to go to the movies tonight? <laughs> want to go on a hike? So what? 
time to move on. But if the parent is showing signs of devastation and all that kind of thing, wow, that is going to have a potentially adverse psychological impact on the poor kid. Remember, we talked about uh, being a show pony in the first show where you're telling your kid his whole life, I'm so proud of you. You did such a great job in the play. I'm so proud of you. You qualified for the state finals. That's a lot of pressure, man. And there's a lot of ways to diffuse that pressure. And one of them is to engage in dopamine triggering behaviors and not take on life like you could and so on and so forth. I have another anecdote on this topic, and that was my son's uh, tragic moment in his life when he was denied admission to the only college that he applied to because he had his heart set on attending UCLA since he was 11 years old, and he did everything that society asked of him throughout high school, getting his A grades and excelling in athletics and turning in a wonderful application. And then they send you an email basically saying, fuck you, we don't want you, and we're not telling you why. And the poor kid was like almost in a um, catatonic state. He was so devastated, staring at his screen. He waited the entire spring break to open up the uh, the, the uh, admission letter so he wouldn't ruin his spring break. Uh, but the father stepped in at that point and said, okay, let's go to plan B, which is to attend junior college and transfer into the school of your dreams. And it was about a five minute delay from this devastating, the most devastating news he'd ever received in his life. And pretty soon we were on the website navigating the path, uh, the alternative path to get there to your goals. Okay, so uh, I'll give myself a little parenting credit for thinking on the fly and redirecting quickly. But it also should be said that there's alternative paths and there's things that are meant to be and not meant to be. And so trying to uh, force you kid through a perfect life or projecting your beliefs and values and priorities onto them, boy, that is a recipe for uh, not just uh, you know failure, but true disaster and rebellion and all those things. I have a great one-liner from Dr. William Hughes I'm going to end the show with on that topic. So we'll come back to that. Uh, so... And then we get to the topic of self-esteem and it gets a little confusing because we're coming from the, the old days in the 70s where the self-esteem movement uh, was, was a big deal has now been pretty much trashed and the idea of just boosting your kid's self-esteem as an end-all goal uh, is being reconsidered. The every kid gets a trophy uh, is a common example, uh, criticizing that rather than that rather than praising it, which I'm sure they did when they they started these trends. So uh, the constant praising of results has been uh, rightfully trashed and rethought. Uh, there's a scientist named Bauermeister who's quoted in uh, the article I read, suggesting that or, or revealing that high self-esteem is not such the winning ticket that we think it is. I've read some other uh, commentary on this subject, and they draw the reader in with this uh, paragraph of uh, a clever, colorful prose uh, describing a young lad who was a great leader and excelled in uh, military school and went on to motivate uh, troops and succeed. And of course, they're talking about Hitler. And so like it was all uh, positive attributes that culture values, society values. And then the punchline was uh, pretty funny that this guy had tremendously high self-esteem. He was good at uh, motivating, influencing others, blah, blah, blah. So high self-esteem, according to uh, the researcher Baumeister, is not the winning ticket we think it is. High self-esteem is not associated 
with higher grades, career success, or protection against getting in trouble. In fact, esteem-building praise has been shown to cause college kids' grade to sink lower. It's also been shown that highly aggressive, violent people tend to think highly of themselves. <laughs> uh, debunking the, uh, this is the wives tale or what have you, that uh, people who are overly aggressive uh, are trying to make up for low self-esteem. Not so. So in this uh, breaking down of the, the prior movement that self-esteem was the centerpiece, um, the researcher Bauermeister suggests that maybe, just maybe, where's this coming from? It's coming from the idea that when parents praise their kids, they're kind of able to praise themselves in the process. Oh, that kind of hurts, but I think that possibly could hit home, right? And we get talking, I mean, almost everybody's favorite topic, uh, if you pepper them, is to talk about their kids and their kids' exploits. And it's easy to draw people in, and they will go to town and talk about how their kid's the lead investigator, and they got another award, and we very freely speak highly of our children, uh, much more so than uh, being able to just go on and on about your own exploits. It's kind of a joke where the grandma can't stop praising on my little granddaughter. She's so wonderful. Yeah. So uh, when praising their kids, it's not that far from praising themselves, end quote. So maybe we just forget it and let a child build their self-esteem naturally. And also uh, convey this get over yourself message that self-esteem might even just take a back burner these days. That's not that big a deal. Huh. So where do we go with that? Let self-esteem go on the back burner. Let your ego go on the back burner and just be mindful and present and try to be a good person and do your best through life. I feel like personally, this is one of the great gifts of getting older. I feel like I've uh, made a shift in my personality and my priorities where I go out there, I do what I do, I do my very best, I, I compete, I'm intense, I'm passionate, I enjoy the heck out of my, my career and my athletic pursuits, but I'm really trying and I feel like I'm uh, succeeding to some measure, maybe I'm fooling myself, I don't know, uh, in getting over myself. Now, uh, just to be uh, clear and honest here, I absolutely don't mind uh, self-promotion and being a goofy intention seeker in order to inspire and motivate others and draw more listeners to my podcast or more readers to my books. I'm playing the game. I don't mind it. I think it's, uh, it's fun and I'm not thinking twice. However, I also feel like, uh, there's a little bit of, um, distance or perspective that I'm not immersed into myself like an idiot. I'm pleased to present B-Rad Grass-Fed Whey Protein Isolate Superfuel, the absolute highest quality, all-natural protein supplement infused with creatine that delivers everything you need to optimize your appetite for fat loss, recover quickly from workouts, and build and maintain lean muscle mass, the single most important attribute for aging gracefully. Our protein comes directly from small family farms in America's dairy land of Wisconsin. It's cold processed and micro filtered for maximum bioavailability and digestibility. So please don't mess with the many cheap commodity protein supplements that are ineffective, inferior, less pure, and often contain junk sweeteners 
especially the plant-based offerings that are vastly less bioavailable than the gold standard of protein supplements that's whey protein isolate. Whether you're in your peak athletic years looking to grow and recover or in the older age groups trying to delay aging and decline, whey and creatine are widely agreed to be the most critical and effective supplements to take for the rest of your life. You can easily stir the super fuel in water or make a delicious smoothie every day. I'm certain that you're going to love the pleasant, light, natural vanilla bean and cocoa bean flavors. So try some on Amazon today. It's a huge hit with dozens of five-star reviews. Or you can order direct from bradnutrition.com with our buy three, get one free, and make the super fuel a centerpiece of your daily routine. There's a critical distinction there that I might uh, compare to the triathlete of my younger days where I was still fighting that battle. I still had some awareness that I didn't want to be all caught up on myself when I was succeeding, nor super duper down on myself when I was losing. Uh, but it was a difficult battle for a young person in such an intense competitive environment where it's very, very easy to get caught up as an athlete. Uh, so today, <laughs> Speaking of that, I read my athletic bio, my triathlon bio, like it was someone else. It was so long ago. I have really little connection and relevance to that person. It's hard to remember what I was all about at that time. Uh, but again, to uh, face this issue directly, let's talk about my recent uh, Guinness World Record performance in my sport of speed golf. And uh, honestly, I felt a huge burst of joy and pride when I broke that world record. And didn't mind in the slightest uh, promoting the crap out of it and talking about it incessantly and doing an entire hour-long podcast on my pursuit of the Guinness World Record for the fastest hole of golf ever played. Uh, but I also realized, and I tried to convey this in the show and in the long blog post that I wrote about it, that the real joy here, the real uh, relevance and value was in the journey and the ability that I had to prepare for and attempt the record, that whole entire journey, whether or not uh, the result came true or not. It was putting myself on the starting line in the competitive arena. It was so wonderful to share the experience with friends and family. And that, that's the true beauty of life rather than just uh, knocking off uh, resume accomplishments. And the same could go for anything you're doing at work or even as a parent. And my fondest reflections uh, of being a parent and, and raising my kids was just being there along the way for the journey, uh, win or lose, uh, success or failure. It was just a wonderful gift every single year. What were the funnest years? Uh, every year was fun because the kid was getting older and growing and developing. So that's my answer is just so amazing. And now to see, uh, to relate to kids uh, as adults, rather than these little kids that you raised up. And I love uh, reminding them, hey, remember when we uh, ran around the house uh, pretending we were chickens? We did it every night. No, I don't remember that. What? <laughs> That's pretty funny to realize that there's not much uh, recollection of the first, what, four or five years, I think, in most cases. So anyway, that healthy perspective that you can get. And I'm uh, sharing my own story to uh, convey that I have a little bit of perspective about the speed golfer who broke the world record. You know, I might as well be talking about my twin brother when I'm promoting the crap out of it. I'm not uh, entirely immersed. Okay. And so if you can kind of get there as a parent too, 
whew, I feel like that would be a really powerful and effective position to parent from. And that means that, uh, you know, it's still allowed. It's still cool to celebrate your kid's success. I'm sure it's going to be a great day to uh, celebrate my son and my daughter when they graduate from college or achieve life goals. It's certainly better and more fun than dealing with failure. But if there is a failure or a struggle or a challenge or something serious to deal with, you have to face that in a graceful way and not over-dramatize it, not over-dramatize the failure or the success. Ah, how about that for a ramble? And here's another one from Poe Bronson, the author of the magnificent article, The Inverse Power of Praise, and the co-author with Ashley Merriman, my former podcast guest of Nurture Shock and Top Dog. And this is some pretty heavy stuff. So listen up. He's talking about uh, these revelations of studying Carol Dweck's research and applying that to his parenting. And he's got a five-year-old kid. So luckily he caught on early. Obviously the article is written a long time ago, uh, but here he goes. So Poe Bronson saying, offering praise has become a sort of panacea for the anxieties of modern parenting. Out of our children's lives, from breakfast to dinner, we turn it up a notch when we get home. In those few hours together, we want them to hear the things we can't say during the day. We're in your corner. We're here for you. We believe in you. In a similar way, we put our children in high-pressure environments seeking out the best schools and the best sports teams and all that stuff that we can possibly find. And then we use the constant praise to soften the intensity of those environments. We expect so much of them, but we hide our expectations behind constant glowing praise. The duplicity became glaring to me. Eventually, in my final stage of praise withdrawal, I realized that not telling my son he was smart meant I was leaving it up to him to make his own conclusions about his intelligence. Jumping in with praise is like jumping in too soon with the answer to a homework problem. It robs him of the chance to make the deduction himself. Okay, in summary, first and foremost, get over yourself. You have less influence on your kid's success and life path than you realize. There are many innate influences and many peer influences that take over for parental influence. For example, lousy parents can motivate a kid to kick butt in life and be a good person. And great parents can raise train wreck kids that don't model their character values. Kids can be raised in the same household and be called to different paths. Ah, It's out of your hands. Just do the best you can. Now, that said, I do believe it's possible to screw kids up. That's why these two shows should be taken to heart. And you also might want to read Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. Ashley Merriman and Poe Bronson's book, Nurture Shock. And also books called Positive Discipline and Your Child's Growing Mind by Jane Healy were very helpful to me uh, when I was bringing the kids through the early years. Another great book. Uh, I had an opportunity to meet this guy in person. He's got a great angle. Uh, he wrote a book called Raising Winning Kids Without a Fight by Dr. William Hughes. And he uttered that great quote that I uh, teased at the start of the show. Uh, something like, uh, anything that's the parent's idea quite often becomes a bad idea. And anything that's the kid's idea, 
almost always becomes a good idea, almost comes out well. So we want the kids to be the ones calling the shots. Dad, Mom, I want to take more piano lessons. I love it so much. Once a week is not enough. Dad, Mom, I want to join the competitive travel soccer team because I'm so passionate about the sport as opposed to, hey, wouldn't it be great if you blank, blank, blank. Okay. So the quick takeaways... Going back to both shows, first one, land the copter, man, land the helicopter. Let your kids live life. Let them fail and struggle and figure shit out for themselves. Even stuff like, you're smart, you're pretty, you're a good athlete. Let them figure it out themselves. Praise effort made toward improvement, effort that's contributing toward improvement. De-emphasize the results and reject the attachment of self-esteem to results. Don't allow them to get discouraged. That's simply not allowed. Make sure that your praise is specific and authentic and realize that not everything deserves comment. For example, many failures are obvious. Your kid comes home with a huge dent in the bumper of their car. They made a mistake and got into a car crash. Do you really need to comment and offer uh, some helpful driving insights at that time? I think the car crash is enough. Even a huge success doesn't necessarily deserve comment. So when your kid hits the winning three at the buzzer of the basketball game, maybe the best thing to do is greet them with a smile and ask them uh, which ice cream store they want to go to. As a parent, emphasize the most valuable pursuits of life, like being a good person, a good citizen, exhibiting good sportsmanship, controlling one's emotions, and realize, hmm, this is interesting. Guess what? The world has enough freaking anesthesiologists and corporate lawyers and politicians and CEOs. There are enough of those. We have enough high-income-earning.com whiz kids vacationing in Cabo with bottle service right now, too. We have enough of all of them so your kid can carve their own path in life and do things that are meaningful to them without having to ascribe and adhere to the conventions and measuring judging forces of society, especially, first and foremost, their parents. Dang, people, this reminds me of Eddie Boy, my good friend, where I got the name of the bloody show from. That's right. Get over yourself was this profound advice that his father dispensed to him in the middle of the night one night. He was a star high school quarterback, and he threw a pick six for his team to lose the game. He was getting heckled in the parking lot after the game. He was so frustrated he couldn't sleep, so he got up in the middle of the night and started throwing the ball through the tire hanging from the tree into the canvas hanging against his house, you know, trying to get his reps and work through his frustrations. And so when you throw the ball through the tire hitting the canvas, it makes a thud. So over and over in the middle of the night, this thud is happening in the front of his house. Poomp, poomp, right? So it wakes up his father, who was also a football coach, and uh, a man of a uh, few words, but uh, very profound advice in this case. So his father uh, went out to see what the ruckus was, opens up the front door, sees Eddie Boy doing his thing, and he says, Ed, get over yourself. <laughs> he closes the door, goes in, goes back to bed. What better way to handle that incident than what Dr. Ashen did 
to his son. Fantastic advice right there on the spot. No, not, it's going to be okay. Don't worry. You're a great quarterback. You'll get him in the next game. No, 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 no. Just get over yourself. Okay, so that's how I got the name of the show. And and a similar insight from Eddie Boy and his dad uh, came from Eddie's speech on his 40th birthday to a packed house in a wonderful restaurant gathering. And he said, you know, my dad uh, said something to me that I remembered when I was young. And he said, uh, the most important thing in life is to be a good person. That's it. Thanks for listening to the show. Thank you for listening to the show. We would love your feedback at getoveryourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And we would also love if you could leave a rating and a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. I know it's a hassle. You have to go to desktop iTunes, click on the tab that says ratings and reviews, and then click to rate the show anywhere from five to five stars. And it really helps spread the word so more people can find the show and get over themselves, because they need to. Thanks for doing it.